0: Welcome to another episode of Yesterday's Capers, I'm Abdullah Molim and every week I'll be bringing you the very best shows from the past that the world has to offer. It's a real witching session this week as we take a look back at The Worst Witch and The Belfry Witches. And we take a special look at Sabrina the Teenage Witch, another cracking show starring teen actress icon Melissa Joan Hart. So let's get started. And uh, joining me as ever, it's producer Paul.
1: Hey man, how's it going?
0: I'm all right, thanks. I'm all right. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. This is a mega week this week. Quite enjoyed it. it. Is isn't it? So so so, so, so 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 the witching hour, if you want. Yes. Uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say two good shows. Yeah, and the other uh, one.
1: Two and a half, I think. The and other um,
0: one left a lot to be desired for me.
1: Yeah I think I'm I'm hoping we're on the same page this week. Um I think it was pretty clear what was completely terrible. Especially the first episode of this particular show that I'm not even going to name just yet. I clawed my way through it.
0: I think we're going to be different. I think it's going to be another half and half and girlfriends episode. Oh dear oh dear. But yeah, we're going to we're going to start with uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch and this show came out in September. 1996 uh, some of the things happening in the world elijah is Begovic is elected president of bosnia and herzegovina in the country's first election since the bosnian war if i said the name wrong apologies a multi-million dollar salvage effort fails to retrieve parts of the titanic after a cable snapped sending the vessel back to the depths depths of the sea, of course. Archaeologists believe that they have found the heart of Robert the Bruce after uncovering an ancient casket in Melrose Abbey in Scotland. The first wives club was in the cinemas. And uh, Ready or Not by the Fugees was number one in the charts. Right, so now we're talking about Sabrina the Teenage Witch, and I am delighted to say but joining us is comedian and YouTuber and Melissa Joan Hart Stan, Nabs Pats.
2: Yay, thank you. I'm glad to be here and I'm good thank you as well as can be in the midst of like the second wave that is upon us in this pandemic. I cannot believe I'm saying second wave.
0: You know, I think house is gonna be like, oh, we're back
2: in business. <laughs> we're back in business yeah never really caught on to house party um it's been zoom all the way
0: yeah it's been zoom i think i've done a couple of house parties because i think with house party you can like get like a load of people you could play like games on your phone on house party of all the other people and
2: yeah yeah you're you're showing your youthful disposition there, Abdullah. I'm showing my age.
0: <laughs> you, I, I would, I wouldn't say it was youthful. It was one of those things where my friend was like, "Oh, look, house party! Let's all go to the house party." And then I think you see like loads of people with like their phones or whatever, and they're like playing all these games on on. But well, that's going to be uh, back in uh, a again, I reckon, yeah.
2: Okay, so I'll probably be getting a few notifications because that's what I got at the first round of the pandemic. Like, oh, such and such person is in house party. Do you want to join? I was like, why have I not been invited to this? Huh? Like, why is house party inviting? Why are my friends who apparently are in this house party not inviting? Yeah. And I just feel kind of like, Packed off from that you know it's like it's like being at school again it's like you know mm. when you're just you're trying to be in with the in crowd yeah it brought all those feelings again so yeah let's let's end this discussion on happy <laughs> party right <laughs> I was, now I was,
0: I was gonna say it's like the whatsapp group everyone's in and you're not somehow
2: or it's a bit like uh everyone's an admin and you're not
0: that is the worst
2: yes it's like why can't I have exit powers or adding powers like what is it about that doesn't doesn't deserve this this accolade
0: they might think you they'll put you're going to put them in your next joke or something that's why yeah they don't want you <laughs> to have all that power
2: there is method in their madness huh
0: <laughs> right sabrina the teenage witch we we'll gonna do a bit of admin before we uh, pass on to you so it was uh, originally created by writer George Gladier and artist Dan DiCarlo. And it first appeared in Archie's Madhouse, issue number 22, which dates back to 1962. And storylines of the character at elementary school age is also appearing under the title, Sabrina, that cute little witch in almost all of the little Archie comics. And the series is basically about Sabrina being a half witch. Her mother is an ordinary human or mortal as which is referred to them while her father is a warlock and he lives and and she lives with her two aunts, Hilda and Zelda Spellman, both witches themselves in the fictional town of Greendale, which is located somewhere near Riverdale in the home of Archie Andrews. And she also lives with three women as the family and the family pet Salem, who's a witch who has been turned into a cat as punishment for world domination attempts. And Sabrina's primary romantic interest is her mortal boyfriend, Harvey Kinkle, who like nearly all the other mortals in Sabrina's world is unaware his girlfriend is a witch. And the American TV sitcom that we're going to be talking about was created by Nell Stavell And of course, based on the Archie comic series of the same name, and it stars Melissa Joan Hart as Sabrina Spellman, who is a teenager on her 16th birthday, and she discovers that she has magical powers. As she lives with her 600 year old aunts, Hilda and Zelda, and their magical talking cat, Salem. And they live in the fictional Boston suburb of Westbridge, Massachusetts, throughout most of the series. And as a novice witch, her spells often go awry, and her aunts, Hilda and Zelda Spellman, counsel her on the proper use of her magic and give her moral advice. Additionally, Hilda and Zelda must take care of Salem Sabahagen, who is a witch turned into a cat. And the show included contemporary pop culture references with Sabrina often saying she liked Britney Spears and no doubt. It also mentions human history alongside witches such as the Salem witch hunt, which Zelda tells Sabrina was not a real hunt for witches. And Hilda mentions to Sabrina in episode one that for two months, a bunny ruled all of England causing the witches council to turn back time as if to say that mortals are ignorant at the most and there was one episode that suggests that Jerry Springer is a witch when he hosts the Jerry Springer Show in the other realm. Whereas the comic series, anime series, was set in the fictional Greendale. TV show was set in Boston, and ultimately, yeah, it ran for seven seasons. I didn't know how long the 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 the, the show went on for. So, uh, did you uh, like Sabrina the Teenage Witch as much as you liked Clarissa? Explains it all.
2: Okay, so I I was in that comparative phase where I was comparing Sabrina to Clarissa because I was such a fan of Clarissa. And so it didn't quite do it for me as Clarissa did. Um, but I did watch it from start to finish because I was such a Melissa Joan Hart fan. Uh, I was loyal to her. Um, but I remember, you know, I think... Uh, in on our terrestrial TV expansion days where we got Freeview and E4 was around. I don't really watch E4 anymore, but I know they were playing the reruns. And so I caught the second wind as we are currently living through the second wave. <laughs> I caught the second wind of uh, Serena the Teenage Witch. And I, I believe I became a fan second time round. and, um, I just wasn't ready for it first time around. And I I put that down to the fact that I think I was quite mature (laughs) for someone uh, who was just approaching her teens and just didn't like the whole genre of supernatural stuff, witchcraft. I was like, you know what? I know that you're trying to uh, push out parallels to real life. Like you're trying to cover issues that happen to us Uh, youngsters from a young age Um, but the thing is I just I can't I can't really like digest it in this format of witchcraft so that just didn't appeal to me as a youngster but it did for my peers they loved it like they were quite happy to be transported to this fantasy world where Sabrina in her teenage years was able to you know navigate the ups and downs of teenage life through wizardy wizardry wizardry yes that's right that was a bit of a tongue twister for me did, did you never catch it abdullah i mean with
0: sabrina yeah because um i remember like it, it first came on like saturday nights on mm-hmm. itv and obviously saturday nights in the 90s if you remember was like the one and it used to kind of always start for me it used to start like at 12 o'clock watching grandstand on bbc one so watch all the sports get that out of the way and then five o'clock would be Sabrina Teenage Witch then after that would be Gladiators then after that would be Blind Date and then after that it would be either Noel Edmonds House Party or Family Fortunes.
2: I'm so impressed by your memory recall for the schedule
0: and then at the end of Saturday night if I could stay up long enough I'd watch Match of the Day.
2: Oh wow that deserves a round of applause man that was impressive I mean, you know what, I, I blame today's catch-up TV for really messing up with my memory recall. Because, you know, I mean, like, we used to schedule TV shows. Like, did you ever collect um, your the monthly uh, what's on TV or radio times and, and then sit there circling your shows that you wanted to watch? Because there were always going to be uh, TV remote control wars.
0: Mm. if you didn't (laughs) pre-prepare but no like yes Saturday was like the one and like Sabrina Teenage Witch used to always be the show that you would watch at five o'clock yeah and then unfortunately for Sabrina Teenage Witch BBC One purchased this cartoon I'm not sure if you heard of it The Simpsons yeah some (laughs) cartoon called The Simpsons once they purchased that it was like game over for Sabrina at that time slot and I think they had to like move it to another time slot because everybody thought, "Oh, I'm going to watch The Simpsons at this time." And
2: there was a ratings
0: war with the Big Shots. Sucks to be Sabrina, Teenage Witch. But uh-huh. even then, as a kid, like I, I kind of liked it. but it was pretty yeah. cool show. Like Salem was very funny and sarcastic. Yes, he was.
2: Yes, he was. It
0: was. Uh, It was was, was a good show. I, I actually liked it back then. And even now, like watching some of the episodes, as we'll talk about in a minute, like it was pretty fun watching the older episodes of Sabrina. I think once they changed the theme song and she stops being Sabrina the teenage witch and Sabrina the adult witch who's going to college and getting married and all of that stuff, I think it kind of lost its way a bit for me.
2: Yeah, it lost lost its way in general um, because I think there was a bit of the, um, from what I was reading uh, before this show, you will be glad to hear that I come pre-prepared with uh, some factual information. I think after, I I believe after the third or fourth series, that's where there was a bit of uh, a negotiation war happening between the networks um, and the producers of the show and and so you just realize like you know when a show starts to go downhill and it disappoints you because actually like some characters drop off whatever what's behind it is pure economics it's essentially low budget transferring of the show from one network which was i believe it was abc uh to something else and uh, it's Uh, Clearly, it's not that memorable to me, so it really wasn't prominent. ABC, I'm still familiar with that. Uh, As someone who lives in the UK, I know that it's one of the major networks. Um, So when you lose that prominence, and clearly there was a reduction in budget, then the storyline gets impacted. So that's what's behind the the, the whole show kind of coming to an end in not so kind of fanfare fashion.
0: Ah, and what about you, producer Paul? What did you think of this
1: show? Uh, I watched the show with my sister. You, you were talking earlier about that, the um, remote wars that used to happen, and my sister um, used to win this one every single time. This was her show. So,
2: so, so you watched it under duress, basically.
1: But it's one of those things. is, oh no, do I really have to watch it and then be sat there glued to it for, um, <laughs> for the half an hour that this? On, um, I yeah, I I, I quite like this. As, and like you said, like Salem was really funny. Like you know, just it, it was a it was a pretty good pretty good show, even first time round for me. And I, I'm sure this like paved way for like the Harry Potters and things like that because of like you know getting people a little taste for witchcraft and and, and things like this. You know. Um, yeah, I I I like the show. I thought it was quite cool. But um I'm glad you said about the uh the economics and things like that because I mean, was it Zelda in the final episode was played by a candle and I was a bit put off by that because I skipped like right to the end and I was like
2: They couldn't afford the, the character who played Zelda in the end. They were like, Let's just get a let's just get a wax candle
1: <laughs> Yeah, and I was a bit like, What the hell's going on here? But anyway, yeah um <laughs> Um, And I definitely remembered some of the episodes as I was watching them this time around. Um, Yeah, I mean, although it was like, um, obviously for like young teenage girls or preteen girls or, you know, probably the demographic for this. I'm sure a a lot of like even young boys and even older men were probably watching this because their daughters were watching it, you know. And it's one of those times when you didn't have, you know million tvs in your house with or on your phones and, and things like this is like you had a tv in your house and that was the thing that was on at the time so you had to watch it right? like a mm. lump it
0: it's like grin and bear it gladiators will be on in a minute don't worry <laughs> yeah. just 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 watch this sabrina the teenage witch and i don't know catchphrase if it comes on after that it's just oh, for God's sake, just gladiators hurry up and come on and it's like all right fine so
2: it's you know, interesting just... that you um told me that it was on at five o'clock because clearly I'd forgotten about that information. Like five,
0: five thirty, around about that's,
2: that, time. that. That's quite intriguing because what that says is it was on at a time that was acceptable for youngsters and adults. And if you think about it, I mean, there was no other real television channels that were really making a mark. It was really still back in the day. It was the BBCs and it was the ITV's and it was Channel Four and maybe Channel 5. So whatever was scheduled was very important. So that show was prominent, and it hit the age um, age ranges really well. So this was for youngsters and adults alike. Um, so in that sense, it really did do well. And it's, it's definitely a cult classic. Um, and I know that there has been... Uh, I, I believe last year to this year, there was uh, the release of a new revamped version of Sabrina, the Teenage Witch. Uh, they called it the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Now, when you add chilling to the title, uh, that kind of explains why it doesn't really go far um, and doesn't really melt the hearts of its audience and hardcore fans. Um, I, I, I saw on Facebook, I remember this. When when this new series was being released, and they got the old cast to rewatch uh, some of these new episodes, and they were frightened by some of the scenes they were watching. And actually, it was really uh, telling when Melissa herself was like, "I'm not going to get my kids to watch this. It's, it's a bit too adult." So um, yeah, no, the, the the original series as a standalone is successful but it kind of you can't replicate it because it just doesn't quite work with um today's production value etc it just it just didn't work
0: no I, I didn't think so either and I'm actually glad you mentioned the uh chilling uh, adventures of uh, Sabrina because we'll we'll talk about that uh in in a little bit later so let's uh talk about episodes we watch i do have like a summary of all of what happens in the season so like as we're kind of talking about episodes i can kind of sort of
2: this is so cool Who needs wikipedia when you're around
0: <laughs> yeah i mean i mean there was seven seasons there was quite a lot to uh to break down and decipher i think producer paul messaged me oh is there any particular episodes you should watch and i was like uh just watch what you like really I'm i'm sure there is like a the one episode to watch but i couldn't yeah i couldn't i couldn't quite pick so uh i just kind of went with uh the ones that kind of stood out to me that's what i kind of picked so obviously yeah season one is just about sabrina trying to keep a balance between being a teenager and having magical powers and she has a teacher mr pool that she's always having a to and fro with and uh the pilot did you uh
2: I remember the pilot. I do remember the pilot because you got to remember when uh, Sabrina hit the screens. it was something that all Clarissa fans were excited to watch. So when, when you have that much anticipation, yes, I, I forgot what time the show was on and on which channel, uh, but I do remember vividly the, the first episode. And actually, Unlike quite a lot of pilots, it did really well. Like, in fact, it was even a stronger pilot than Clarissa's pilot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Clarissa the, uh,
0: felt like it was one of those where, right, let's give it a go, see how it goes.
2: Yeah, it was very experimental.
0: Yeah, and this one appears more polished. It appeared like, right, this is a, a legitimate program. This is gonna, this is gonna sell. This is gonna do well at this point, and um,
2: and it's a clear cut premise. So, the, the story is defined. You've got uh, the background spelled out in this pilot. It's actually, in terms, I mean, like, I've, because of uh, my now midlife crisis and the comedy world I've entered, I'm, I've been doing quite a few uh, workshops on script writing and sitcom writing. And so, for me, uh, returning back to some of the old shows that I've watched, I, I love to watch the pilots in particular, yeah. because pilots are the foremost episode i mean you can get it horribly wrong as well um but if you get it right then one of the reasons why you get it right is because and take note of the low in case you're planning to create uh, a a groundbreaking sitcom Uh, yes i see i see you've got your byron hand good 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 um it's the fact that you introduce all the characters, you introduce the background and you give the audience a real flavour of the journey you're about to be taken on. And that's what Sabrina the Teenage Witch and its pilot achieved. Uh, so kudos to the creators for that. Um, and of course, like the premise was great. Premises: premise is Sabrina enters a new town. Uh, her parents are somewhat broken up. And this really appealed, I remember at school, like for a lot of kids who came from homes where their parents had split up. This was really comforting for a lot of people to watch this. Um, so, um, and then th- there's this mystery. Uh, 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 the mystery is resolved on her 16th birthday where she's levitating and her aunt, who she's gone to stay with in this new town, Uh, Enter because they're in on the secret, which is that Sabrina is a witch and she has now uh, assumed all her powers of witchcraft on her 16th birthday and so begins the journey of how she's about to fit in to her new life, taking on this new uh, talent. I really do think her superpowers represented uh, for... All of us as youngsters, like, you know, everyone in school, we're all so diverse uh, and we all have our different abilities. And so her witchcraft, which was her superpowers, represented like all the different types of talents you as a kid could have. Like maybe you've got talent in sports or maybe you've got a talent when it comes to mathematics. It's a weird one to have, but still some. Kids do have that. I wasn't one of them. Um, and maybe you just love reading or, and maybe you're great at storytelling. Um, so it's like your very own superpowers. Like if you think this witchcraft was representing parallels in our lives as youngsters, uh, and so like you enter a new world, you've got a, a kind of broken home that you're coming from, and then you're entering a new space and you're trying to navigate that and how are you going to fit in? And so that was the start of a like really compelling story and of course like i i talk as though like i was sucked into this i really wasn't in the first time round. um i was second time round uh when i was a little bit more older and i could appreciate it for its finer points otherwise like i was just like as a kid when i watched it first time round, i was like I don't believe in witches. I always knew Father Christmas was not real. So like, you know, why am I, what value am I going to get from this? Like I liked Clarissa because I was a bit mature for my, uh, you know, school days. Uh, And, you know, I I love the fact that, you know, she's talking about her angst and struggles and her sibling rivalry through the lens of, hey, I'm this independent young kid and I have a voice. That's what Clarissa was. And Sabrina was... Was navigating teenage life, but through witchcraft. I could not relate to that. I really could not relate to that, but I appreciate it now.
0: Yeah, I I I did as well. And obviously, like in in the episode, I, I did like how she's like levitating in her sleep, and it's like, oh, she's sixteen. She's gonna be a witch, and her aunties are telling her that she's a witch, and obviously, she's not having it because she's like, I'm not a witch. We talking about? I'm just a normal teenage girl or whatever and she's in school and they have to like dissect a frog, the frog ends up being alive again yes. and then she encounters Libby who is like the one of those like you know girls in school who's just like absolute nightmare spills a drink all over Sabrina and then obviously Libby's like yeah prove it
2: Libby is everyone's favourite bully that we all <laughs> love to hate at school.
0: Love, love to hate? yeah uh, where, where's the love bit I didn't I didn't I was watching I was thinking oh you are wicked Libby
2: yeah no it's it, she basically I, I I knew a few girls who were my very own Libby um and and I was uh, Melissa in 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 real life you know like you know you go Sabrina. Sabrina yeah
0: Well, Melissa. Melissa.
2: I was always the (laughs) Melissa buff. (laughs) Remember, I was like, I was not fooled by this witchcraft as a kid. So I was like, yeah, the Sabrina is Melissa. Melissa is Clarissa and Clarissa explains it all. Remember that.
0: You say that. When I was a kid, I thought Salem was a real talking cat. I mean, now I look at it, I know it's just a doll. But...
2: um... It was so badly done, Salem. Like, the, the, the technology was... I mean, like, they there's this new reinvented uh chilling adventures of sabrina it's a real cat
0: yeah uh, and obviously they've got the they've got capabilities the yes but obviously on my on our tiny little tv and what was it 480p quality like salem looked <laughs> real i'm like
2: oh the talking cat It's amazing what you can do with um, a poorly pixelated screen. On the lens
0: of like high definition. And obviously we're like doing shows about witches. You could see like everything is just so fake. Like, I know you ain't riding that broom. Like, you (laughs) kind of fool. But back then, (laughs) I'm like, oh.
2: But back then, yeah, it was. I mean, but the thing is, you could dismiss all of that because Salem was just so fun to watch. And uh, fun to listen to because his little quips just, it, it was great. Because it's like you've got a teenager who's going through like her struggles. And it's like seeing the funny side to the tragedy. And Salem was definitely the comedic voice. And so was Aunt Hilda.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, I I liked one of the aunts more than the other one.
2: But I, I, I love the combination of the arts because do you know what they represented? Those two together became the balancing act for what parents represent. You know, you always have like the good cop, bad cop. Uh, and through their kind of personality differences, you could really see like there's there's someone who provides the rational voice. There's the other who kind of provides the light relief moments just so that every situation is bearable and it's like you, you need that balancing act and uh those two sisters really represented like the surrogate parents that you know because the parents were absent one was in another realm the other was like safeguarding herself so that sabrina if she caught sight of her would then turn into something i don't know what but yeah, but I mean, that that's just like another, that's just code for parents are divorced and they've left you. <laughs> that's what that was.
0: Yeah, and so obviously the episode is like Sabrina, she kind of shows herself to be a witch by turning Libby into a pineapple. And so she goes to the Witches' Council and wants to relive that day all over again and just do it differently. And she manages to ask Harvey to the cinemas just before Harvey gets invited to the... The big popular party and salem's talking about how he misses being a human being and yeah, obviously the time reversal works invites harvey to the movies and the drink ends up spilling on Libya, and that was the pilot which i thought was really really fun and um did you watch any others from season one paul
1: or yeah so i watched episodes one and two back to back to try oh, okay. and get so... a feel you know try and get into it yeah so, talk about um... episode two then uh, right, so this one is about Sabrina again like progressing on her magic, like, you know, she's still pretty rubbish at it. And um one thing I like, this kind of reminds me of a bit of Harry Potter, and because she does this thing where she can't do the magic, and Hilda comes up and says, Oh, like, you know, try this trick because it's easy and it's a hoot. She loves it. And she goes, she gets a hat and she puts her hand in it and she pulls out a rabbit. And then and then Zelda's like, Oh, you know, that's so Bad that trick that even mortals are doing it, <laughs> <laughs> and I quite like this thing where you know um, where things leak out into the mortal realm, and you know, so the so people kind of know a little bit. You know, it comes becomes a myth in the real world, and I, and I quite like that little that little play. Anyway, so um, so S-S-S Salem has read her diary. I didn't write what he said, but he's obviously annoyed her, and she's she's chucked him out, and um. One thing I liked about Salem was that he likes cat things as well. Like he's this really cynical person that's been like put into the body of a cat for trying to take over the world. And then at one point she's like, "Oh, do you want this little rubber mouse?" And he's like, "Yes, please." <laughs> <laughs> you know. So I, I quite I quite like that little um, that little thing. And anyway, so on with the episode. Um, Hilda has a date with a witch's can- the head of the Witches' council, and he's like stood her up like a hundred times before. And then Libby is winding up Jenny and Sabrina. Is it Jenny? Jen, Jenny? Um, yeah, yeah, uh, the friend, yeah. yeah. And then someone said the world will be a nicer place if everyone told the truth, but you can't stop people from lying. And then it's like, all well, can you kind of thing? So Sabrina, Sabrina's making this potion It's like everyone tells the truth potion. Um, and this is like kind of a thing you know, like when you're growing up and you think you know it all and you know how things should be and you've got this kind of like if, if everything was like how I think it should be, it's fine. And then this is where you actually get to see it go horribly wrong. You know, what you thought wasn't actually, um, the best thing in the world. So they're all making a cake in a home economics and, um, she has these little sprinkles and she sprinkles them all over the cake. Like, um, and when people eat them, they, they tell the truth. And so she gives it to the whole point is she wants to give it to Libby to find out what Libby was saying about her behind her back. Um, and it turns out, you know, she's, I can't remember what I didn't write down what she said, but it wasn't very nice. Um, And then, but the teacher says, oh, your cake's that good. I'm going to give it to everyone in the class and all the teachers and things like that. Um, and, um, this is when you get like, you, people shouldn't exactly tell the truth because this guidance council is like, yeah, to be honest, um, I'm just here for the money and you're never going to make it anyway. So what's the point in even coming into school? Um, so she kind of like hears this and realizes that, you know, maybe that's not the best, um, thing in the world and before that um jenny had jenny and um sabrina said like you know do you know what i don't um harvey had asked him out to go on like this like like um not a date because it's just like mates are eating pizza or whatever and, he, and he, he's invited jenny and um sabrina and uh basically
2: oh love rivalry um, there
1: yeah so is this is where it kind of like this little sort of mini love triangle thing yeah starts. and 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 i keep wanting to say libby so jenny and sabrina sabrina's like oh to be honest i don't want to go like you you two can go if you want he's like no i i, I don't want to go um if you're not there kind of thing and then when they have the potion jenny's like to be honest i want to go on my own um because i fancy him sort of thing and then when they go they start talking to um harvey and um jenny are there on their own and they they basically don't like each other. This like I like nature. He's like I don't like nature. Um, and uh, Sabrina comes in and she she goes home and says, um, "This has gone wrong. I shouldn't have done what I did. Everything's gone really bad." And then um, Zelda gives her some sprinkles and says, "That so you got to tell the truth now." And he, she goes to Harvey and says, "Do you know what? I won't mind giving it a go." And I was bothered when. To Jenny, I was bothered when you kind of did your thing. And it turns out that Zelda didn't even give her any true sprinkles. It was all herself. Um, and then Hilda is about to go on a date with the, the guy from the Magic Council and she stands him up instead. And that's the end of that episode. Good for her.
2: I, I love the fact that this show, which is all about kind of which you think on face value is about escapism because it's talking about a parallel world of um supernaturalism but it isn't because it, it kind of gives you the false pretense that you're going to be taken out of the realities of worldly things and then it smacks you in the face like there's just so many moral teachings that are peppered throughout the show it's like Oh, we're going to give you some life lessons here you thought you escaped but you're back on planet earth now and you know so like the whole aspect of uh truth you know the the different areas about you know truth telling like you know it has its pros and it has its cons and it's like when when you're about to hurt other people then sometimes you have to do a balancing act like i just it's second as i say second time around when i watched the show like i really appreciated <laughs> like just the life lessons that you get from this. And it's, it's also showing like how human nature is just very, very complicated. You've got your sets of emotions, you've got your different personalities. And then sometimes ultimately, there's no real rights and wrongs, but it's just about how you uh, kind of work things out, but in, through a kind of united friendship way. So through your loved ones, etc.
0: Nice.
1: So uh, did you watch anything from season two? Next episode I watched was the last one of episode season three, the one where they go to Hawaii.
0: Season, Season two, quick summary, was Sabrina turning 17 and she learns that she must earn her witch's license or otherwise lose her magic. And she neglects her aunt's warnings to study for the test to obtain the license and she consequently fails. And then she has to attend which boot camp to earn the chance to a makeup test. And she passes the makeup test, but she only receives a learner's permit. And then obviously that goes into season three, which I watched the episode one, which was, it's a mad, 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 mad season opener. So again, it's Sabrina, her love life all over the place. And she has to choose between Dashiel, who was played by Donald Faison, a.k.a. Turk from Scrubs, or Harvey. And obviously she's, she gets her witching license, which means she'll have all the power and knowledge in the world. And because the kids do well in the exam, they get a dance on Friday, and Sabrina gets to organize. And obviously Harvey and, and Dash are trying to ask her to to the dance. And the principal is suggesting that Sabrina chooses Billy Jack, as the theme for the dance but I think she ends up going with um Greece and then Salem's playing internet chess with uh, someone from Albania and he's been like really rude and belligerent to this guy online and yeah she's going and then Sabrina's obviously going to her ceremony that she's uh got her witch's license but she has to do one more test And obviously, there is a catch that she has to learn a a family secret. And obviously, she'll get like clues throughout the the series that she has to solve this family secret. And obviously, Dash and Harvey are not messing, like waiting around for Sabrina to give her an answer. And so they're like, you know, look, you're going to have to choose one of us or we're not going to go with any of us. And so they're dueling Dash and Harvey for Sabrina's heart. And I think what happens is Harvey looks like he might get into something. And then Sabrina instantly saves Harvey. And Dash is like, look, you saved him. So you should go with him. And it's all it's all good in the hood and, and whatnot. And uh, Hilda sees the vice principal and she asks him out. And then, obviously, Yuri from Albania is here and he's confronting Salem. And then, obviously, Harvey asks Sabrina out if they could go steady. I think that was actually what he said. Can we go steady? And, yeah, they they, they get back together. And I'm sure that's how that story ends. But it doesn't, obviously, as we'll find out in the uh, later series. And then uh, take it away with the
1: season three finale, Paul. Um, This is an episode that I remembered. Um when uh, when I was watching this because I j she has to solve this little family riddle, right? I think that goes throughout the series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, it right? goes throughout the series. And I remembered well as soon as I saw the little board that all the little clues were on, I remembered what the um uh what the family secret was. So I was quite excited about that, to be honest. Um so um uh, there's like this family reunion thing happening um in Hawaii and Salem got beat up by he in his words, a woman. <laughs> and it was like this cat that beat him up. And now this this cat is having kittens with someone <laughs> el- someone else, but he's decided that he's gonna look after the kittens. Um so
2: literally having kittens and not having kittens. Yeah, no, literally, panic. yeah, literally having kittens. Um, I'm sure it having a panic attack as well.
1: <laughs> um so and at the same time, Harvey needs somewhere to say, I don't know why, um, but and obviously they're going to Hawaii, so he can stay at theirs and He's got to look after the laughter the the cats because the cat's about to give birth and Salem's there. And she casts this Doctor Dolittle spell on him, which means that he can talk to Salem and it's not weird or something like that. So basically they're just like they're just chilling and watching like football and sports and like it's like you get the pizza, I'll get the dip and whatever it is. Um, so they're like Salem and him are, are chilling. And this is where I've written down. So she needs to solve the family secret. Oh, she get, they go to Hawaii and she gets locked in a room until she can solve the family secret. So, um, um, I've written. I remember it is something about a twin. It's twine. She gets this ball of string. That's her clue. And it, and then I've written down that it's twine, not string. And it says like minus e, and the um. So basically, the 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 thing is, every member of the Spellman something or other has an has an um has a twin or something like that, and the whole reason are there is that she so she can be reunited with her twin and um they have kind of this like montage of a good day and they're doing this and doing that and then they have to go to this trial where one of them's an evil twin and they do this like montage of their lives to see who was the
2: most evil
1: yeah exactly who's the evil twin so it's quite funny because when Sabrina's like thinking back of all the things she's used her magic for and all the things she's done, she's like, oh crap, am I evil? Uh, you know, like she thinks that maybe she's the evil one.
2: This feels like Judgment Day.
1: Yeah, it's literally, that's literally what it is because the person, the, the person that loses goes into the volcano. So.
2: Oh, um, wow. this um, anyone watching this. I'm surprised there weren't too many conversions happening after. <laughs> 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 to what they, nobody knows, but yeah. <laughs>
1: um so basically the first test is like um he's gonna ask you loads of questions and you've got you know you've got to answer them and then this d- little dog comes along and sabrina's like oh are you lost and he's asking questions to her and he's like i don't know what you said he's like i can't ask it again and she goes i don't know yellow question wrong and then she asks again like, she gets all the all three questions wrong and the evil twin i think it's called katrina gets all the questions right but she loses the thing because the whole test was the dog and see if you'd care about the dog so sabrina wins the first one and then it says how have you used your magic in the last 24 hours and then um oh no sorry this is like a highlight reel of how you've used your your magic and basically katrina wins that one because she's used it all to like save people um so she wins that round so it's like kind of one all kind of thing and then then the real test is like how you've used your magic in the last 24 hours and She used her magic to calm down the cat that was in labour and when she only did that so that Salem would help her with the clue. So it wasn't noble kind of thing. And what she accidentally did was because Harvey's mum was pregnant as well, and she put kittens in Harvey's mum instead. So when they did like the listen to the heartbeat of the baby, they could hear like the purring of the cats. Um so she then she had to go back to the hospital to try and like kind of reverse this whole thing. Uh, when she goes back to the um trial she's lost she loses she loses because she's done it all uh we not a noble cause and her punishment is that she gets to get pushed in the volcano by the other twin so evil twin gets pushed in by the normal twin and it turns out that the evil twin did push her in the volcano and that's like the most evil act and that was the final test um and no one's ever been pushed in the volcano before because... Um, thing, But then I think Zelda zaps her out of it and she doesn't actually um, die. Um, then Salem has the cats. Oh, they have a hula lesson, blah, blah, blah. And then Salem ha- has the um, kittens to look after. And when the, the kittens get taken to Harvey's house, you know how kittens go, and then he just starts crying. <laughs> um, so then, it, but he gets to visit them every other weekend. And that was the end of the series three.
0: Finale. nice so series four it's uh, all about sabrina she starts working at bean there brewed that which is a coffee shop and this is where she meets and is attracted to josh who is a college student and manager of the shop and she cheats on harvey with this josh fella and it ends up ending their relationship and at the end of the season harvey reaches his spell quota meaning that no spells can be used on him anymore and he discovers that Sabrina is a witch and he breaks up with Sabrina off screen and is written out of the show. I did watch No Place Like Home, the first episode which was a really fun episode so basically Hilda and Zelda are upset that Sabrina might move out and things are going to change and so her Sabrina's dad wants her to move to Paris with him because he's gonna like live a mortal life now and he's not gonna be going up and down the planets doing whatever he does and hilda and zelda are upset but obviously they understand that look that's her dad and obviously if he wants to like live with his daughter again then they're not gonna get in the way and harvey gets tickets to britney spears concert and obviously she's initially telling her dad look i don't want to move because of harvey senior year and Brad comes back, who's like Harvey's best mate or whatever, but he's really hostile towards Sabrina for whatever reason. And someone called Valerie might be coming to stay. And Hilda and Zelda are getting rid of all of their magic potion, and they're like, "Oh, well, we're not going to do magic for like a, a year or whatever." And Mr. Kraft becomes principal, and Valerie changes her mind and she doesn't want to stay. Everything's going wrong for Sabrina. So she decides to go to Paris. And Harvey's feeling sad that Sabrina's gone. But every time like Sabrina's turning on the telly, she's seeing that Harvey was laughing. But obviously he was being tickled by someone and not laughing because he's having the time of his life. And so Salem's crying because of the drapes. But he's lying. He misses Sabrina. And so obviously she wants to see Britney Spears in concert but she can't so her dad brings Britney Spears to her and Britney Spears was actually in this episode in The play. you
2: drive me crazy yes
0: it was that song and it was
2: that song that's by the way a little uh, bit of information uh, revealing about my pop history
0: Uh, That was my favourite Britney song. It's it's, it's, it's a cracking little song, I'm not going to lie.
2: Yeah.
0: And so (laughs) she's like singing with Britney and they're doing their little dance or whatever. And they're having like the, the time of their life. And Britney's giving her advice. And obviously Britney's telling Sabrina, look, you're taking the easy way out. Maybe you should kind of toughen up and things like that. Sabrina's dad. So
2: many lifeless. Yeah.
0: Sabrina's dad has to go to Pluto. So Sabrina decides to go back home. So, yeah, Harvey's happy that Sabrina's back. They see Britney backstage and Britney waves at Sabrina. And obviously, in the You Drive Me Crazy video, Melissa Joan Hart is in the video. So, one good turn deserves another and 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 whatnot and uh, season five so sabrina's starting college at adams college and she moves out of her aunt's house and into a house with other students her roommates are morgan roxy and miles and hilda and zelda are finding ways to stay close to her so hilda buys the coffee shop where sabrina works and zelda becomes a professor at adams and she starts dating sabrina's english professor Season six, Josh and Sabrina get together, but they face a tough decision as Josh is tempted to move abroad to work as a photographer. Things are even more complicated when Harvey reappears and he's dating Sabrina's roommate, Morgan. And at the end of the sixth season, Sabrina agrees to sacrifice true love in order to save Hilda after the latter literally falls to pieces after Sabrina sabotages her relationship. Hilda recovers and is married but Sabrina then falls to pieces when Josh, Harvey and an attractive waiter announce that they are all moving away and will never see her again and obviously the final season Sabrina is put back together after her aunt sacrifices her adult years to save Sabrina and she meets Aaron and they become engaged so I can kind of talk about what a witch wants. So uh, Sabrina is packing for her bachelorette cruise. And so it's left to Aaron, her fiance, to look after Salem. But she ends up being on a cruise with a bunch of old people. And, you know, we're seeing that Salem's trying to watch TV. But Aaron's like, get away, you stupid cat, and starts spraying the the, the poor thing. And Sabrina starts to, like, wish for things. And she's wishing for, like boys good music and uh r&b singer mario was in this episode and he plays the dj
2: oh my gosh that's a blast from the past
0: and uh aaron he locks up salem in the cat basket and obviously sabrina she's in the party whatever and she's having cold feet and she's you know saying i'm gonna miss you guys and she's wishing that and she's obviously thinking oh i wonder if my uh, friendship will survive And they basically end up stranded in the Bahamas and the girls are fighting and they're like, oh, well, our friendship isn't going to survive. I hate you guys. I'm not going to miss you guys. And while they were on there with um, the Australian footballers on the boat, they end up crashing into them and they come back home because Salem does a trick on Aaron. So he has to end up being bailed from the police station. And, yeah, you could talk about
1: soulmates, Paul. Sabrina's getting married. Uh, no idea who the people were in her house. Um, Aunt Hilda comes with a llama who's actually her mum. Zelda is a candle. Um, so it turns out that um, <laughs> the, the whole thing of... So her mum is going to be, like, turned into a ball of wax, right? If she sees Zelda... No, sorry, See Sabrina. But I thought that was only a two-year thing. I swear this was like seven years have gone by. (laughs) Yeah. Um,
2: Continuity problem.
1: Yeah. So anyway, so to get around that, Zelda had to sacrifice herself and then be a candle. Um, And I really didn't like this. I thought this was the last episode, man. Like you could do some convincing, pay the money, get her in. You know, I thought like she was there for a while. So anyway, that annoyed me. Young girl goes and gets Harvey and she's magic. Magic's his bike. And oh, so basically, she's going to get Harvey because um, she's got cold feet. And oh, she wants Harvey to be at the um, the wedding, that's right. So she magically herself on the back of his bike. And then he's like, what the hell? And he crashes his bike. Um, and then Sabrina goes into a room, and there's a person in there. And it's actually like doubt in human form. And he's been to the North Star, and he's got Aaron's Soulstone or something like that to see. It. And it's basically seeing if it fits with. Sabrina's Soulstone and it nearly fits. I did write down the
0: uh, the thing that Sabrina says before going to the North Star was one place in heaven is always true. Help me to know before I say I do.
1: Yeah, I was I thought I thought about writing it down. I look look around for my pen. I'm like, nope, too far. Um <laughs> Um. So, um. So Salem tries to give it a talk, but gets cut off. Um. Her fiance says, "I don't know about all this soulmate stuff, but I do know I love you." Uh. Then the wedding begins. Sabrina's dad arrives for the wedding. Um. She's kind of and she's kind of doing this like, you know, I'll be there in two minutes. I'll be there in two minutes. I'll be there in two minutes. I'll be there in two minutes the whole time. And everyone's kind of waiting on all the guests are there, and she starts walking down the aisle, and then she sees that she's got on a bracelet that Harvey gave her, and it's got like the time twelve thirty six or something like that, the, the time that they um they met. And um then she she kind of like bails again, um uh leaves him kind of just standing there and and then Hilda kind of tells her like the the universe she said because Sabrina's like the universe is against this wedding, blah blah blah, and she's like, No, the universe isn't against it, you're against it, that's why you don't want to do it, kind of thing. Then she goes down, and then she's walking down the aisle again, and she can't say the vows because like oh something about true love in the vows, and she's like, I can't say that and um, and then she stalls the wedding again then the wedding gets called off uh, and then he's like really cool about it and they kind of like kiss and like oh it's okay I would not be cool about that <laughs> I would not have taken about him like calling the whole wedding off. I wouldn't. He was like, "Oh
2: yes, yeah, so it was really good. I'll see you later. Bye." I'd, later. I'd be like, I, c- "You could have waited until like a pandemic was happening, and then at least like we just had like fifteen guests in total." Or something. But honestly,
0: like, what do you expect him to do? Like, obviously, this is the bit where he realizes, "Look, we're not two halves of a whole."
1: What? Yeah, but I'll be like, "Listen, can you just go away, go along with it for a little while?" Because my all of my friends and family are here. It's <laughs> embarrassing.
0: What? What can you do if someone? Doesn't love you, and they just kind of come to the. You probably should, but then you know it's one of those things where if you're committing to someone for the rest of your life, I mean, I'm talking from from a totally bloke perspective, by
1: the way. So yeah, I mean, he's probably committed thousands of thousands of dollars on it, and then she's like,
2: "See, I, I'm with producer Paul right on this one. I just think there's always lawyers." later
1: and, on yeah exactly and also do you know like the people that you know that you see them on the internet i mean it's a little bit funny in a morbid way but when they like get a proposal and then the person just runs off in front of everybody and you know leaves a person standing there like what the hell you could at least say yes walk off and then be like actually no i just didn't want to embarrass you in front yeah. of the whole internet <laughs>
2: <laughs> in front of the whole
0: but i don't know i just Yeah, like I could.
2: But you know what? I think I think the whole um, series has like culminated towards this one episode where, like, you know, she's literally been having all these life lessons: be truthful, don't be truthful; manage your expectations, don't manage your expectations. Like, you know, the balancing act, and then it's like come to this finale where she has to then put all her life lessons into this one big test, which is all about soulmates, and it's like. You know, this is the one thing I don't like because, you know, like having lived through my adult life now, I actually blame a lot of these shows for putting this false impression of Soulmates, which do not exist. Sorry. Sorry to sorry to burst anyone's bubble out there. There is someone out there for everyone. Uh, but I don't believe in Soulmates.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that there's this idea that, you know, like that love will conquer all kind of thing. And, you know, and really, you know, like so, basically, at the end of the episode, Harvey's a outside on the bike. They kiss, they go away, and no, uh, no, 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 whoa, 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 whoa,
0: whoa, 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 whoa. It's not just they just ride off into the sunset. There's there's something to this. They ride off at twelve thirty six precisely because that was when they first met. They didn't just ride off into the sunset willy nilly. Come on,
2: I- I'm disappointed it wasn't on a broomstick.
0: Yeah, I mean, ride off into the motorbike, so... and and they're playing. Um... Hang on, I wrote the song down running by no doubt
2: what uh, a great uh, you know th- this show this show had all the best cultural pop elements
0: oh and sync were in the episode as well i read yes let's not forget them so um yeah there was lots of that and yeah they are right up at 12 36 p.m not just any yeah, it's like,
1: but, what, but it's very romantic but what 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 i'm saying what i was saying is like what i think you're saying is is that you know like what happens after that? You know, like, yeah, you know. it ends there.
2: There's no such thing as happily ever after. Yeah. That.
1: I mean, what, false what misconception. When he doesn't pick his socks up and they get into a row for the first time, you know? Um, <laughs> so like, you, it's, you know, you've got to work harder than just like, you know, soulmates won't fix everything. You've got to work as well as not. And I think that's yeah. what, you know, what um, what Aaron was saying, even in the episode. He's like, I don't know about this soulmate stuff, but I do love you. And you Yeah, know... no, I did like that when he said that. I did
0: like that because it's like, yeah, I like. I don't know. Like, I love you. You love me. Whatever we can work on.
2: That would have been a winner. Deal clincher for yeah, me. Yeah, like,
0: whatever we can work on, we can work on. Obviously, this Harvey fool is like, he's not serious. He's like backpacking all over America on his motorbike.
2: Yeah, exactly, and let's not forget they reject. He rejected her when he found out she was a witch.
0: But to be fair, she did I mean, cheat on him as well. There is, there is that oh yes, too. I've
2: Forgotten that slight fact.
0: There is, there is that I mean, too. W- so he, he, you know, I, I don't, I don't blame him.
2: Let's not tarnish the representation of Melissa, please. I mean,
1: it, it would have been a bit of an awkward episode if they come out and they would have got married.
0: But yes, the uh, chilling adventures of Sabrina. So this is a dark coming-of-age story that includes horror and witchcraft. Sabrina Spellman must reconcile her dual nature as a half-witch, half-mortal, while fighting the evil forces that threaten her and her family and the daylight world humans inhabit. And for the first part of the first season, the review aggregator Rotten Tomatoes reported a 91% approval rating. Really? The website's consensus reads, and I quote: "Bewitchingly beautiful and wickedly macabre, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina casts an intoxicating spell and provides a perfect showcase for and Shipka's magical talents. With a stronger mystery steeped in witchy world building, Chilling Adventures remains a deliciously dark, delightfully camp romp that pushes Sabrina deeper down the path of night. If only she would get there a little faster." Exactly. You know how heavy weather it was to watch that first part
2: do you know with the commendable wordplay in that description uh, i i'm inclined to think some pr teams were involved in that
1: i was thinking the same thing
0: your man from archie comic wrote that didn't he yeah right let me go on rotten tomatoes and right yes delightfully camp deliciously wicked please you know how difficult it was for me to watch that first part and it was an hour long as well. I'm like, you're killing me. An hour long, you're killing me. Like I'm just watching that thinking, oh my God,
2: just... I don't think the, the show did not survive beyond series three. I'm surprised it got to season
0: three. Controversy. So uh, in in November 2018, satanic temple activists sued the series production team over the use of the statue of Baphomet, which they claim was a direct copy of their own statue and portrayed the temple in an inaccurate and derogatory way. Temple members were also concerned about the depiction of Satanists as cannibals practicing false worship. And it was confirmed that the Satanic Temple and Netflix have amicably settled their lawsuit dispute with the terms of the deal being left undisclosed to the public. So basically, you you yeah, you devil worshippers, take your money and shut up
2: there you go plagiarism in paganism
0: (laughs) yes it is isn't it no i mean this 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 uh, chilling sabrina was yeah it wasn't for me continue watching nah
2: nah 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 definitely not and even uh, melissa had her say she was like i'm just not gonna get my kids to watch this scathing scathing reviews she ain't gonna get her kids to watch any of that yes there was a real disapproval look from her she she tried to um uh, kind of like uh, uh, keep it under check because she realized this is going out to the masses and she's she's worldly enough to recognize that the there's two parts of uh, that type of ideology who who support her <laughs> so
0: i mean i'd rather i'd rather her melissa Joan hart to play sabrina spellman at whatever age she is now as a grown up self, then rather sit down and watch another episode of this.
2: What I'd like to see is is it really happily ever after with soulmates? That's what I want to see. So I want to see the the show continue and show Melissa in her in her current state, married to Harvey and potentially divorced to Harvey.
0: Why would she be divorced to Harvey?
2: This is real life, mate. <laughs> <laughs> give us a slice of reality i say
0: well i mean obviously Clarissa's coming back so i don't know if, if sabrina could be tempted to bring back one of her shows maybe she can
2: when, when is clarissa coming back i know we spoke about this last time but i know and i know in between there has been a pandemic uh but i'm i'm eagerly awaiting news about this
0: no i'm i mean i don't yeah like i said it might be a case where. Production has been put on hold. I think they've put it on the shelf for the meantime and bring it back up. They
2: could always do a Zoom production.
0: I mean, I'm sure that's what everyone's doing nowadays, aren't they? So, uh, yeah. Right. So uh, to uh, sum up, or any final thoughts uh, about uh, Sabrina? Uh,
2: only that I fully appreciated it once I got older. And um, I think I could watch it a third time round and fully appreciate it and maybe stop off by season four or five uh, before the whole romance drama, will they, won't they, kind of kicks off. Because for me, the happily ever after is at the point when she's just about to go to college. So that's the perfect, the end.
1: What about you, Paul? I thought this show, like you said, until like um, series four or whatever, was fairly harmless. Um it was a nice thing, little moral lessons, little bit of magic thrown in and a funny cat. I think it's, you know, it's it was easy to watch. Um, and yeah, I, I I think it's, I think it's stood up. I think it's, you know, as good now as it was was then, probably. Like I said, I mean, HD hasn't done it any favours. <laughs> but um, but yeah, apart from that, it's, it's good.
0: I liked it enough as a kid. I liked it again, watching it. It was yeah, it was it was really fun, really harmless. I didn't like the 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 theme the theme song change. They should have just left as it was. Like obviously, Sabrina's theme song is very iconic. It's very like takes me back to you know Saturday nights on ITV, and they changed it to whatever the hell they changed it to. And I think once it kind of became Sabrina the not so teenage witch, it kind of lost its way a little bit but like the first few series were very very adorable, very nice and it was um, really good to uh, to watch and uh, yeah I mean uh, we'll, we'll, we'll bring this bit to an end and uh, yeah thank you so much for joining us and giving us all of that brilliant insight
2: Thank you for having me so thank you Abdullah and producer Paul for taking me down trip down memory lane
0: Well, you're more than welcome and uh, you're welcome any, any time. There's any TV show that we might talk about that you liked in particular, then uh, you give us a shout and uh, we'll get you back on. Yes. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for uh, joining us and uh, come back again soon.
2: Thank you. Bye bye, guys.
0: right that was a really really good chat about uh sabrina the teenage witch of course yeah many thanks to nabs pats and we definitely hope that she will be back with us soon so now we're going on to the worst witch and this show came out in october 1998 and some of the things happening in the world Europol is established when the Europol convention signed by all of its member states comes into force. General Augusto Pinochet, who was the Chilean dictator from 1973 to 1990, is indicted for human rights violations he committed in Chile by Spanish magistrate Baltasar Garzon. Six days later, British police place him under house arrest during his medical treatment in the UK, and this is a leading case in the law of universal jurisdiction. Vladimir Putin became a permanent member of the Security Council of the Russian Federation. Ants was in the cinemas. And a Girlfriend by Billy Piper was number one in the charts. This was actually quite a, a nice little song. I mean, yeah, I mean, she was in prominence because I think she was married to Lawrence Fox and he turned out to be a Chris Evans as well, yeah, the radio guy. But yeah, she was married and she divorced, thank God, that racist human garbage, Lawrence Fox, and took um, her, her and her son to a Black Lives Matter rally. So I was like, yeah, Billy Piper, she's the one. So The Worst Witch. So this was originally a series of children's books written and illustrated by Jill Murphy, The series are primarily, it's about uh, boarding school and fantasy stories with eight books published. The first, The Worst Witch, was published in 1974 by Allison and Busby. And the most recent, First Prize for The Worst Witch, was published in 2018 by Puffin Books. It, It focuses on Mildred Hubble, who is a young witch who attends Miss Cackle's Academy for Witches, a school of magic. Although well-intentioned, Mildred's clumsy personality leads the girls to disastrous situations. She's thus considered the worst student in the school, or the worst witch. And you've got the benevolent headmistress, Miss Cackle, who is generally understanding, whereas her form teacher, Miss Hardbroom, thinks she's just not trying hard enough. And Mildred's friends include Maud Spellbody, who is a rotund sensible girl who's always trying to avoid confusion enid nightshade who is a practical joker who is more than likely than mildred to get them all in trouble and the three girls have a strong rivalry with ethel hallow who is a hard high born snobbish and vindictive classmate the author jill murphy began writing the worst witch at the age of 15 while still at school And based many points of the stories on her own school experiences at Ursuline Convent in Wimbledon. And singing became chanting, chemistry becoming potions and so on. Recalling how she got the idea for the story, she said, My two friends and I used to come home in our dark uniforms looking very scruffy at the end of the day. My dark plates, sprouting tufts with lost hair ribbons. And my mom used to say, look at you all, you you look like three witches. And it gave me the idea for a witch's school so that it was exactly like my school with a subtle touch of magic. And all the characters are based on my school friends and enemies and teachers. And she con- Murphy had concluded the first book at the age of 18, but failed to achieve a publishing deal, causing her to put it on a drawer. And after working as a nanny in a children's home, She got a phone call from a small publisher interested in the book and The Worst Witch was finally published in 1974 when Murphy was 24 years old. And the TV version was on ITV and it was obviously revolved around the school following the adventures of Mildred and her friends and the series was later followed by The New Worst Witch which ran for two series and chronicled the experiences of Mildred's younger cousin Hetty as she attended school in 1999 the series was nominated by the royal television society for best children's drama in 2000 georgina Sherrington won the young artist award for best performance in a tv comedy series some of the characters of the tv show so obviously mildred hubble she's a clumsy bungling witch in training who never seems to get anything right ethel hallow She's a straight A student, comes from a prominent and historic witch family and gives the impression of being a model student to her classmates. Maud is a short girl with white glasses and stringy hair that she wears in bunches and she's fiercely loyal to Mildred and her sister on most of her adventures, often against her better judgment. Enid is a small waif-like girl and at first Mildred thinks she will simply be a nuisance. However, Enid turns out to be a wild practical joker whose attempts to make Mildred like her. Drusilla Paddock is Ethel's best and only friend, and she's a vindictive bully but lacks the acid-tongued spite of Ethel. Ruby, who is very loyal to her friends and keen to learn at Cackle Academy, she's also heavily addicted to all kinds of electronic contrivances and therefore a thorn in the flesh of old-fashioned Miss Hardbroom. Jadu Wally, who is another one of Mildred's close friends, and she's mostly very sensible, and during the first two years, she's uh, of rather meek nature, but she gets dragged along whatever crazy crusade Mildred and the others are going on. Miss Cackle is the headmistress of Cackle's Academy, and she's often wary of Mildred's exploits, but ultimately, she's much more fairer and much more sympathetic than Miss Hardbroom, Miss Constance Hardbroom, is the fearsome deputy headmistress of Cackles Academy. Tall and scrawny and sour-faced, she strikes fear into the students' hearts and seems to have a particular resentment for Mildred and Miss Davina Bat who was played by Una Stubbs, aka Aunt Sally in uh, Wurzel Gummage. She lives in the stationary cupboard in the staff room and has a habit of eating bizarre foods. So, the worst witch...
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely remember the show. Um, um, I don't, I didn't really remember any particular episodes, but um, I definitely watched this when I was, um, when I when I was younger. Uh, yeah, it was, it was. All, I mean, Ethel's horrible. She was like really, really nasty. It's kind of like you know that thing at school where you always get that person that's like you know the rich person who's a real real, real one, you know, um, yeah.
0: Um, I didn't really like this show. I thought it was very tough to watch. I too also remember this show as a kid. I remember giving it a very, very, very wide berth as a kid and thinking, nah, this, this show's not, not really for me. And I would watch other things on uh, CBBC at the time. And yeah, just even watching it now, I thought it was okay. No, not even okay. I didn't I didn't really particularly like it. I did appreciate the uh, diverse cast. So you had Ruby and Jadu, Black Girl and Asian Girl. Nothing wrong with that. I liked that a lot about this show. And I appreciated that they did that in... Uh, in ninety eight or ninety seven, whenever this show came out, but yeah, other other than that, I, yeah, I wasn't I wasn't really. Um...
1: One thing I think you got to give credit for is the sets. Like you know, this is before you know, obviously there was some like blue screen, green screen stuff going on, but you know, the sets were quite were quite decent for their for their time. You know, you couldn't fake a lot of the stuff. It was like you had the set or you didn't have the set. You know, um, and I quite liked that that it was dressed again. I mentioned. I mentioned this before but about like you know harry potter being um uh this kind of giving birth to that because you know like when we were growing up i think this was only a couple of years until harry potter's first book came out
0: i think harry potter came out well before this show
1: i think harry potter yeah i think harry potter came out
0: in nine. i think the first book might have been released in like 94 or 95 or something or it might have actually been released in 91 because that was when obviously Harry first goes to Hogwarts was nineteen ninety one.
1: Um, hang on a minute, you might be right. So hang on, uh, Philosopher's Stone was ninety seven, so it's only a year. So maybe yeah, there you go. Yeah. So oh yeah, okay. So so basically, um, so yeah, so, so okay. So the, the the appetite had already been wet and kind of thing. But I think I think it's because I didn't read the books until I went to secondary school.
0: It was only when the Goblet of Fire had came out where everybody, because obviously the first three books just kind of went unnoticed like huh harry potter what 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 it was and it was only when the fourth book came out and then i think that's when they said right we're gonna make movies yeah that was when it kind of went and it kind of took a, a, a mind of its own and kind of grew exponentially from that but,
1: but prior to that it was nothing yeah i remember this uh, you saying that i do remember this being in primary school and someone of my one of my friends having the book uh and reading it and i you know I wasn't interested at first but yeah um anyway back to this show um I thought it was um it was a pretty decent like um thing. one thing I what was strange is you know the whole, whole thing is that she's a bit useless but she's got you know some qualities that you know kind of keep saving her and things like this but to be honest I was with, I was with Miss Hardbroom I'd be like you ain't right here so I'll see you later because you you get it gets to a point and you have to say it's not working out you know like if i was training someone to do something for me and they were that useless i'd be like obviously you, you, you can't go through life thinking that you know you can do everything and you know everything's for you you have to kind of recognize that actually sometimes that's not for you you know make way for someone that does or go and do something you you are good at or you know i'm not saying if you were without practice you couldn't like you know manage to do a few things but i think you do have to recognize your limitations sometimes something that mildred hubble did not do
0: i think you just summed up white privilege there in a nutshell really and what it's like to be white yeah you can try anything and you can do anything in the world and nobody's ever going to tell you that you can't really do that
1: no i I think it's important to to understand like um you know don't you 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 have to like manage your expectations like sometimes like say if you're like um if you're someone that is not is no good at maths and science and things like that academic wise i mean you probably should Telling like you can't, you ain't going to be an astronaut because you need to be good at those things. I mean, I was like, I remember when we did our career aptitude test, and it's like, um, you know, it comes up with these weird rubbish jobs, office things, and things like that. And working in television wasn't on my radar at that point. And I was rubbish at everything at school. I, I I did not excel at anything. I didn't get one. The closest the closest mark I got to anything was a B in um in in, uh in sports studies when I was um doing my GCSEs, That's the highest mark I've got. And then when I when I when I turned to like like vocational subjects, I excelled and I started getting A's and I started like getting distinctions and and you know really good marks. So when I actually did something that I was I found when I found my vocation, I excelled. But the rest of it, I wish I would have just said like, you know, don't bother coming to A levels because you won't do well. And I went to A levels and I didn't do well. I wasted two years of my life doing um A levels I walked away with one E you know so the rest of it I literally like flunked the other three subjects I was taking so
0: what was I gonna say yeah so it's just a case of you're not suited for the rage of war so pack up go home you're through how can I make a witch out Out of of you?" you yes that's what they should have said to her so uh let's talk about episodes
1: Right, so obviously I watched the first... So, I'm, So full disclosure, I watched two episodes of um, the original. And then I went on to the Netflix re-release series brought out in 2017, was it? 2017? Um, and um, I watched the trailer for it at first. And I was like, this looks total garbage. Um, and I'll come on to what I actually thought about it afterwards. Anyway, so... The Battle of the Broomsticks. Yeah, so this was like... Um, first day of school you know everyone's like it, it one thing i've got to give it credit for it does give it that year seven feel about it you know like new school bit scary other kids and so basically mildred's on her way to school and she bumps into this nasty girl ethel and mildred maybe accidentally knocks her off because she's like showing off she's on i've been riding my broom for ages and i can do this and, and mildred can't ride her broom she's struggling and mildred kind of like pulls his tree back and it kind of flings back and smacks her off a broom and she's like oh you did that on purpose blah, blah, blah. so um what happened is like ethel goes thing and, and mildred's gonna be late and they're kind of doing like the roll call thing and mildred's late and they've locked kind of locked locked her out they locked the doors and so she's like oh, crap i'm gonna have to fly my broom she flies over the broom so she flies over the wall with her broomstick and she kind of crashes and mrs Harper's really nasty about it like what the hell is going on here not even like concerned that she might be hurt and Mrs. Hartbroom like from from the very second, she likes Ethel, like this like kind of elite, elite thing. But she's like, um, she's horrible to Mildred, like the you know the slightly useless girl. So, um, she Mildred's in class, and all she does is like open this book, and she gets told off, and she has to write, and then later on, she has to write five hundred times. I must take care of my personal appearance, um, which I thought was like a bit horrible. Um, and they have to do this kind of. Aptitude test where you know they've got like broomstick shenanigans going on where they've got to like go up here, hang this on here, fly through this, and ring the bell and do this and there. Uh is having a because sh- is like she's scared of heights and she's really struggling with it, so she she falls off her broom and if they fail, they've got to go home. Uh, and meanwhile, the teachers have made this like flight simulator VR thing, and she's allowed to like try it again tomorrow or the trials the next day. And they go onto the um vr thing at night time they kind of sneak down and take it and it kind of like starts flying around and going crazy and then she they get saved by mrs Hardbroom, and um, she doesn't she's actually against the vr thing she's like thinking you should do the real thing or don't do it at all uh she gets one more chance because of the head teacher she's head teachers from a non-witch background as well i think might have made that up oh no this is where you learn that um mildred is from a non-witch background so she's been kind of selected they do like this whole like um um this thing where you get witches and you get like people from a like it's kind of like positive discrimination where they you know they pick someone from a non-witch background to join the program kind of thing Uh then another girl looks like moaning myrtle says it's because she's scared of heights and she just needs to get used to. it. oh yeah because next day she crashes off the, the thing again eventually she does it even mildred and yeah, this is when I just wrote. So basically, eventually she manages to do it. She managed to do the salt course on the broomstick. And this is where I've written down. I like, remember with Mrs. Harbroom. Like, she w- was not. Like, if you fail the aptitude, ap- aptitude test, then, you know, where do you draw the line? Like, I know this is <laughs> sounding really harsh, but um, you got to agree with me. She wasn't cut out for witching.
0: Is that and that's the first episode? That's so the what first other, what, what's, or what's the second episode
1: you watched? Second episode I watched was series one, episode 13. I think this is must have I been watched that episode. too.
0: Oh, a Bolt yeah. from the Blue. So, yeah, it's uh, nearly the end of the year for the student witches, and Mildred's incantations still don't seem to work as intended. And they have to try and cure a case of hay fever brought on by one of Mildred's errors. The other teachers give her. Did they give Miss Cackle what they thought was a remedy potion? But it's actually uh, a mislabeled experiment of Miss Hardbrooms. And the other teachers make no mentions of the mishap. Even when Miss Cackle's behavior takes a turn for the worst. She's actually started being really hostile towards Mildred. Because obviously normally she's quite sympathetic to Mildred. She's like, oh, okay, I kind of understand. But then she's like, why are you so useless? You're Useless, clumsy, so-and-so. And she basically says, "You know what? I'm going to expel her." And she's like, "Right, it's done. Right, I'm I'm done with this girl. It's 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 it's, it's over." And everyone's shocked. And basically, Mildred and everyone realize it's not Miss Cackle, but it's her evil twin sister Agatha, who has come back to cause more trouble. And they track down the real Miss Cackle to the store cupboard. And that is where Mildred and Enid were once trapped. And they're basically discovered by Agatha's two cronies, Coldstone and Bindweed. And time is ticking away. And yeah, the final confrontation takes place and Mildred saves the day. And she actually earns a raise in her final grade from C-minus minus. minus. Surely that would just be C-plus.
1: Or C-minus. No, but two minuses make a plus. Well, C, no, C then, surely. So you've got C plus, C, C plus, C minus, right? One either way. But it's like C minus,
0: minus. From C minus, minus to A plus. I'm not saying it's going to be A plus, but it's like C minus, minus will just become C
1: minus. Or C, whatever. Yeah, whatever i just want to go back because actually i think the last confrontation was really cool so at the whole time when like when, when you get in there it's like agatha is talking to the crony saying oh you i knew what you was going to do i knew you was going to do this and were going to do that and then it turns out it was miss cackle the whole time and had already captured agatha i thought that was like quite a cool little twist i didn't see that coming i was like ah that's that's really cool
0: I did like though that she that Mildred was getting like good grades in jewelry design and myths and legends.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. So she was getting all like the all of the uh, mortal subjects, or whatever the mortal realm subjects. She was really good, at she Like academic wise, she was smashing it out of the park. Just with a witching bit, she was rubbish. <laughs> um, the next episode I watched was obviously the hour-long new one.
0: Okay, so I watched
1: two more episodes
0: against my better judgment. So I watched uh, season two, episode 15, which was called The Inspector Calls. And much to my great disappointment, it had nothing to do with the play called An
1: Inspector Calls. Which is rubbish. Don't go watch it. I didn't understand What, An it. Inspector Calls? Yeah. I, an honestly, Inspector Calls is amazing. You know, do you know what? I had to ask a steward when I went to see that play. And I went outside and I was like, what was that show about? So you never, um,
0: you, So you didn't do it in school?
1: No, I didn't study. And Inspector Calls uh, is amazing. Nah, it's what is it even about? It's like It's
0: about basically a girl. It's 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 about um a girl who commits suicide because she's basically had a rough time of it. And it basically involves a family. Like they've had interaction with this girl. And at one point in her life, and it kind of and and they all did something to this girl, and it kind of contributed to her you know, killing herself. And so, like, for example, the dad fires her because she was part of a um, military campaign or whatever. Not military, but like, you know, she was standing up for workers' rights or whatever, and so the dad fires her. The mom ran into her because... Oh, no, no, no. And then she runs into the the daughter, who basically gets her fired from a job because she said that she looked prettier than her. Then the daughter's fiancé he has her as a mistress and he and she ends up like leaving because she doesn't want to stay there she gets involved with the son and he gets her pregnant and then at the last point of call where she's like i've got nowhere to go she goes to uh, a charity where the mum works and the mum turns her down and obviously she's at her wit's end and obviously the inspector was a fake inspector because when he leaves, the rural inspector comes and he's basically like, Yeah, a girl's just committed suicide in the infirmary. So, while all that time, the, the, that's the, the thing that I had an issue with an inspector calls. They had all of that time, all of that time to try and save that girl. Yet you got this stupid ass inspector trying to teach them morals and right and wrong. You could have saved that girl's life. And then, obviously, that's how it ends, where it's like a girl has committed suicide in the infirmary. An Inspector will be coming
1: along shortly, and they're like, Obviously, what the hell are you talking about? An inspectors coming along, we didn't spoke to an inspector. That's why when I walked out of the theater, um, in the West End, I was like, I just don't know what's going on. I think it was at the um, I should comment what theater it is. It's one near, um, uh, near Embankment, I think. Yeah,
0: um... and Inspector Calls was amazing. I will not have no Inspector Calls slander here, so anyway, the episode. So there is a, um, a school inspector off Witch who are coming along to inspect the school. And the uh, particular individual appointed to inspect Cackles Academy is none other than Mistress Hecate Broomhead, who is a tyrant and she was Miss Hardbroom's personal tutor from Witch Training College. And so an emergency plan of action is drawn up and in order to prevent any unforeseen disasters, they decide to banish Mildred because they're like, yeah, we ain't going to show you to no inspector. We don't want to, uh, we don't want the school to shut down and we all going to get in trouble. So they basically keep Mildred out of sight. And then basically they're trying to impress and there's a little girl called Sybil and she's trying to impress Mildred. And they basically, two girls are telling her that there's a bat's hidden and their bats belong to Mildred and you can try and save her. And Mistress Broomhead is bent. She's like, she wants to close down the school because she does the inspection. And like I like that they had like all this stuff written on the board to like cupboard, blackboard, wardrobe. And then obviously she's like, is it necessary for you to have these signs? Like, y'all know where the cupboard is, right? Y'all know this is a blackboard, right? Why are you writing it down? What's the point of that? And then obviously, you know what? You guys have failed. And then she turns around going, you know who I want to see? I want to see a girl called Mildred Hubble. Where the hell is Mildred Hubble? So obviously all the teachers are like, okay, we've got to try and find her. And then, yeah, and those basically... They cast a spell on uh, Broomhead and she's forced to change her mind. And yeah, the school is saved from closure. Yay. And then I watched the finale, which was The Uninvited. And Mildred and Jadu have been suspended from the school because I think they basically run a newspaper. And there was like a massive rebellion that kind of went wrong. And so they have to copy out chapters of the Historica Magica book. And Moore decides that she will run for Head Girl in order to get Mildred and Jadu reinstated. And the girls have the idea that if Mildred had the opportunity to save the school from destruction, as she has done before, then this would you know, count in her favor to Miss Cackle. And then they decide to uh, summon a mythical monster from the, the book called uh, Mithiocopia, with the intention that Mildred and Jadu can save the day. But it obviously goes horribly wrong when they summon the uninvited, who is an evil witch who sets about putting everyone in the castle into a deep sleep. And Mildred has been sketching Prince Percy, who is a historical character from the book she's copying out to help pass the time. And she then discovers that she has the ability to bring her drawings to life. And once hearing about the uninvited, Mildred brings her drawing of Prince Percy to life. And Mildred, Jadu and Drusilla then use Prince Percy to wake everyone up who has been put to sleep with a single kiss to the lips. Hmm. Not sure about that. And after waking Miss Hardbroom, they proceed to the Great Hall where the uninvited has just put Miss crochet to sleep. And I think she was the one who replaced Miss Bat. And Miss Hardbroom battles the evil witch, but is overpowered and is left to Mildred to save the day by returning the uninvited to the Mythiocopia using her special ability. And later at the head girl election on Maud's request, Miss Cackle makes Mildred Head Girl and Jay Deputy Head Girl in recognition of their efforts in saving the Academy once again. Yay! And the Worst Witch in 2017 was the fifth adaptation of the Worst Witch series after the 1986 television film, the 98 television series, and the 2001 and 2005 TV spin-off shows. And it was an international co-production between CBBC, ZDF, and Netflix. I can tell you that I also didn't like this version. I don't think I even finished the episode. It was, again, a really, really tough watch. Found it really boring, really forgettable. And, um, yeah, you can talk about it, seeing as you watched probably more than I did.
1: So I watched the first one, the first hour episode. Um, and do you know what? I watched the I watched the um the, the trailer. I thought it was going to be garbage, and I started watching it, and it wasn't a half bad. Um, I liked this way more than I liked the um, BBC production. Um, you mean the ITV production? I oh, sorry, the ITV production. I I thought this was um, I thought this was great. Um, and you know, a little bit stupid, a little bit aimed more towards younger people, but um. I'm talking maybe like you know like proper children now this is probably um aimed towards uh but I I genuinely thought this was quite a nice little easy enough to watch show so starts off and Mildred's at home and she's like um painting and she can see she lives in like some London skyrise thing and she can see I think it's London they live maybe somewhere else Anyway, she can see out onto the hills and she can see a castle and she's kind of painting a castle and her mum comes in and says, oh, you know, what what are you doing? And she's like, oh, I like that you can do, um, you can draw things like that. And um, and then she kind of sees these witches go screaming past the window on their broomsticks and she goes outside and she gets hit by this um, uh, little girl. it's Maud in the end, but a little witch, she gets hit by her and she's lost her glasses and she go, they go down outside onto the grass because uh, they live in a tower block. And this woman comes up and she says, like, what are you doing? And she says, I'm helping her find her glasses. And she's like, help who find her? Whose glasses? And it turns out that mortal people can't see, can't see magical people. So obviously Mildred has to have some magic inside her because um, otherwise you wouldn't be able to see this girl. And then so, randomly, this girl says, uh, "So Mildred, this girl's glasses are knackered, so she can't see." And Mildred says, "Don't worry, I'll be your eyes. We'll both go on the broom, and we'll, we'll, you know, we'll go to the place." And so they go, they go to the magic castle to to do the the things. And Mildred like blags her in. It's really like bit bit daft because she's like, "Oh, she was going to go to the other school, but she thought she'd try here first. And they're like, "Oh, okay, I'll put your name down on the list," um, as if admissions is that like, easy. Anyway, so they're kind of having this thing um, this tour um, they go into the um uh they go into the uh kitten room uh, they they kind of, uh, mildred and Maud kind of like go off on the side into the kitten room and ethel he- Ethel the horrible girl she's she's still in it being horrible as usual kind of tells um she hears them talking about how she's not a witch and they go to the they're late for the um oh so one of the kittens escapes they go to the kitchen and uh, real Miss Cackle comes in, then Evil Twin comes in. So like they already see the Evil Twin thing going on. Then they have to go back and do the test. Mildred gets one percent. Everyone else laughs at her. Um, a lot of people fail, though. It's not just it's not just Ethel. Sorry, it's not just uh, Mildred being crap here. It's quite a lot of people. It's like like seven or eight people that you know get um fail the test. Ethel obviously gets hundred percent. Um, uh, Agatha is doing an interview with Mrs. Harburn because she's writing a like a. a uh, article for a website or something. That they have to do like a practical test. Mildred um is uh, needs some some ingredient for the, to make a potion, and Ethel comes in and nicks all of it off her. So basically, Mildred nicks it back off her. Ethel makes so when Ethel takes her potion, it's ma- meant to make herself into a dragon. She turns into a worm uh Mildred said oh I actually sabotage a potion uh, and and then there's like this kind of I am Spartacus thing going on where Maud's like oh it's my fault and Mildred's like oh it's my fault and there's another girl's like oh it's my fault um I didn't care to be honest I was like whoever just, just kick them all out you know um and then the teacher says Ethel should have double checked but because Mildred meddled in someone else's potion she gets an automatic fail so basically they get kicked out of school um, and then one, th- one thing I was like, Maud's crying. She's so like, oh, I'm going to miss you so much. And they're all crying. And I was like, you've only known each other for five minutes. Like, you literally met each other this morning. Like, it ain't going to be that bad. Just give over. Anyway, Mrs. Cackle appears. I suspect it's Agatha at this point. Mildred realizes it's not her, but she gets booted out. But she, Before that, she sees Agatha uh, putting something in a soup. And she's making like a uh, total devotion spell or something like that. Um... uh. So they're having a thing, and and what's going to happen is a real Miss Cackle's going to drink the soup. Agatha's going to say, now give this call to me. She's going to say, okay. But meanwhile, um, Mildred's making a potion out of the um, stuff, some ingredients she found at the pond, like in their real state, instead of letting little pots, she actually finds them for real. Uh, Then she flies through the window, knocks the soup out of Mrs. Cackle's thing Agatha said oh it's it's true I was going to take over the whole school and then Agatha and Mrs Cackle actually have like a wizard's duel um Agatha actually best Mrs Cackle and then she said I think her name's Ada but um anyway so and then basically they said that all of um when Agatha wins she's like the leader of the school Mrs Hardbrooms like devotes herself to her she's like okay I'm going to be like your thing I accept that you're the leader now um and then she says like um, everyone in the school is bound by the witch's code um, so you can't do anything about this. And she's looking at um, Mildred who's like, standing in the wing. She said, everyone who's in this school is bound by the witch's code and, and can't do anything. And she looks at her again, everyone in this school. And obviously she's been kicked out of school so she's not in the school. So then she um, knocks over the soup and it spills on her. It goes in goes in Agatha's, Agatha's mouth, uh, mouth and then she says, um because the first person to give to to give a command is the one that they listen to she said like who's gonna listen to me who's gonna help me get her out and then um agatha says i will help you get me out of this school um and then she goes away mrs cackle wins and she gets to stay in the school um i know it's quite a long episode but um I genuinely really liked it. I thought it was quite a cool episode. I know you, you right now you're looking at me and you look so bored. <laughs> but honestly. I'm like... sorry,
0: man. I, yeah, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't mess with the worst witch. I just couldn't, I couldn't get into the show. I just, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. But um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what else to say, man. It's just.
1: Yeah, I, I thought this was really good. I thought production values are great. I thought it was like little, you know, a little bit. Innocent.
0: Yeah, it looked pretty slick and, and 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 on point on the um the newer version of the show. And yeah, uh, yeah, I, I yeah, I I couldn't. I mean, I I watched some of episode two. I think where they have to like pick cats. I I think I made it to past the halfway point. I was like, I'm going to bed. I can't <laughs> physically watch any more of this. I just cannot. and That is how I felt about that show but i didn't feel the same about the next show that we're gonna do and finally we're coming on to belfry witches and this show came out in september 1999 again so uh, some of the things happening in the world sega publicly distributed their final video game system in north america which was the Dreamcast with 19 launch titles, breaking video game and entertainment sales records in the first 24 hours. Kiribati, Nauru, and Tonga. One of y'all, baby, be listen to my damn podcast. The amount of times I said your country, join the United Nations. Serena Williams wins her first Grand Slam title by beating the world number one Martina Hingis in the US Open. American Beauty was in the cinemas and Eiffel 65's Blue D was number one in the charts.
1: That's three for three today.
0: Unexpected, but wow. So it's a rare collector's item that you're three for three. So yes, The Belfry Witches. So this show was based on the children's book series by author and journalist Kate Saunders. It follows two witches, Skirty Mom and Old Noshi, as they cause mischief in a quiet English village Named Tranter's End, which they fled to after being banished from their home on Witch Island. Yeah, it revolves around the two witches, and they are basically staying in a Belfry, and they're with Chris Tucker, who is the resident naughty boy, a nasty woman called Mrs. Bag Meanly. I didn't know it was a double-barreled name. I thought it was Bag Meanly, one word. So it's a double barrel. And the head witch who was banished. Oh, the head witch who banished Skirty Mom and Old Noshi. Her name is Mrs. Abercrombie. And the theme theme song was performed by Atomic Kitten. Something spooky. I actually really liked it. It was very catchy. I remember this as a kid. That's why I remember this. It's a very uh, iconic theme song. And obviously a bit about the two characters, Skirty Mom She's uh, one of the main characters of the show. She fancies herself to be the brazen of the double act, but she's not. And she's not as clever as she thinks, and her brilliant ideas usually lead her and old Noshi into trouble. Skirty's favourite foods are spiders, but she also eats bats and worms from time to time. It's hard to miss Skirty Mom, as she has a great talent for grabbing the spotlight. And despite being a witch, she tries to be good and secretly admires the way that humans act and she spends loads of time trying to explain humans to Noshi, but her explanations are normally wrong. Skirty is incredibly vain and worryingly impulsive, but she is intensely loyal to her friends. Old Noshi, she's nearly 200 years old, but this is young for witches on Witch Island, and she's regarded as a big kid. Old Noshi loves to eat newts and bugs, and she's rather gormless and usually happy to be led by her brighter friend. She has moments of independence, however, and often gets annoyed with Noshi when she isn't treated as equal. She also has a broomstick that never does what it's told and isn't pleased that she got a cheap broomstick, a skirty mom got one of the of the finest twigs and beneath her ragged exterior she is she has a kind heart and is very well concealed sentimental streak and she loves a joke, especially if it's a bit vulgar and um uh, Quick note on Laura Sadler, who played Skirty Mom. She was also pupil Judy Jeffries um, on Grange Hill. And she played nurse Sandy Harper in Holby City. In the early hours of the 15th of June 2003, she fell 40 feet from the balcony of her Holland Park flat of her boyfriend and Holby City colleague George Khalil. She had consumed a large quantity of alcohol and was later found to have had traces of diazepam and cocaine derivatives in her blood. She suffered, she suffered severe head injuries and never regained consciousness, and her family decided to take her off life support a few days later, and she died in Charing Cross Hospital a day later. Her character had continued to appear in pre-recorded episodes of Holby City for a while after her death. And her mother aided the show's writers in conceiving an exit storyline for Sadler's character. And she was revealed to have won the lottery and subsequently emigrated to Australia. Actually, yeah, I actually remember the, uh, the Grange Show episode where uh, Julie Jeffries falls off a burning building and she dies. I think it might have actually been the first time I watched a TV program where somebody, like, died. Like a death on TV. It was, I think, it was one of the very, very first, if not the first. So yeah, it was a quite a significant thing in my childhood, and yeah, it was a very tragic ending because she was obviously a very talented actress. She was only 22 when she died, so still very, very, very young, no age at all. So uh, let's talk about the Belfry Witches.
1: I I never heard of the show. Um no no that's not that's not true. I had heard of it and I think maybe I probably at some point i would seen it but um oh god um I really struggled with this show. Um the first episode was like a chore to watch. Um one thing I did know look because it had um was it Lucy Davis in it who plays Dawn in the office and...
0: and she also plays Hilda in the new Chilling Adventures of Sabrina.
1: Oh, really? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. So I, I'm a big fan of her because I really enjoyed The Office, and um, but one thing I noticed: what year did this come out? Ninety-nine, right? Yeah, and I think was The Office came out in two thousand and four, something like that, right? And I thought, let me just check that fact actually. Oh, couldn't have done. Surely, two thousand and one.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say it was earlier. Two thousand and one.
1: So she did this two years later. Two years later, she played this thing, and she plays like this. Yeah, I mean, she looks very young. She looks very young in this. Um, so that's what I was thinking. I was like, "Wow, like that's not a lot of time," because she plays such a such a, uh, an incredible role in um, in the office that this one was just look like some stupid little kids' show um, compared with that. So, um, I mean, that <laughs> sounded a bit harsh, but very. Sort of meant it as well. That's the worst bit. Um, (laughs) um, Right. Anyway, do you want to say anything good about it? Because
0: I do want to say something good about it. I mean, like I said, I'd really like the theme song. Very, very catchy. Shout out to uh, Atomic Kitten. We we've talked about them often on this uh, podcast, and uh, one day we would love to talk to uh, the members of Atomic Kitten. But yeah, I thought this show was really, I thought it was a really fun show, Thought it was really wacky, really goofy. I enjoyed it very, very, I genuinely enjoyed the show, enjoyed it. I mean, again, I might give it away, but I enjoyed this a hell of a lot more than I enjoyed The Worst Witch. It was, it, it didn't take itself seriously. It was very silly. It was very goofy. It was clearly very fake with the whole flying and I'm the Witches. And when they're doing their stupid little spells, going blue and yellow, pink and green, turn this person to be less mean. So it would just be really dark things like that. And yeah, I I I liked. It. I thought it was uh, thought it was very yeah goofy and wacky, but the right kind of goofy and wacky.
1: Yeah, for me it was just like the opposite. I was just like, this is not not a decent thing. I don't, I don't even know why it was a thing. Um, like I said, the first episode in particular for me was an absolute chore. I mean, I tried to watch three episodes. I got to two and a half episodes of this, um, and you know what? Like, you know, it was the last two episodes I watched was were okay. They were okay. You know, I I, I particularly liked. Um, I've forgotten his name. the The old vicar guy was quite funny. Harold. Harold and Mrs. Bag meanly is that what you said meanly was... yeah she was fine i liked her and harold but yeah i mean right. at let, least might
0: is going go into episodes um yeah i will the bad thing i will say was yeah the audio was terrible on this for for a couple of the episodes i couldn't yeah i had to like because obviously um i i had problems with the right side of my hearing for quite a bit now and obviously i had to like switch headphones because obviously the sound was coming out of this side and i'm like i can't hear nothing
2: what what what
1: so, yeah, the pilot. Yeah, go for it. So, basically, uh, this is set in, like, some w- witches. Um, witch island. Witch island. And it's kind of like this like little bit where all the witches are, like, it's the same thing. They're at school. They're learning things, and they're kind of doing this thing, right? So... There's two witches going around London they're causing mischief and they go to this village. this boy's letting his tires down they make the, they make the wheels disappear they're playing knock and run but on broomsticks they start egging places I think looks I think it's because it's Halloween anyway, so they 're late for assembly uh, at their school so they go back to school. The boy that was letting the tires down's got blamed for it um so the policeman like, no. I've just had the policeman knock at the door. He said, "Where is old mate's wheels?" And he's like, "I don't know." He's like, you your grounds." They did
0: not talk like that, all right. Not every, not every policeman talks like that with a funny voice on.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh. But so anyway, said so there's an assembly, and Queen Abercrombie comes in, and they're doing some like weird ritual, uh, and they're, they're just like messing about in assembly, and. Then they get told off by the queen and they get banned from the ball, and then they decide to they get sent to their caves and they decide to. They, I think they differentiate the years by the stocking, the color of their stockings.
0: Yeah. So they were red stockings.
1: Yeah, so they decide to dye them green, which I thought was quite clever. And then they go to the Halloween <laughs> ball, but then they make mischief again. They start doing like naughty things, and then they get they get caught, and obviously they're going to get caught. And I think they knock her wig off, right? Is yeah. And yeah. They get in trouble for it because. Like they embarrass her and then they get put in some sort of jail cell, they get put on trial for which was what they said, like the worst crime ever. Like, no one's ever done this before. So, we don't even know what your punishment's going to be, kind of thing. So, um, and anyway, they end up getting banished for like, was it 100 Whoa, years? You, you
0: forgot the trial. So, like, the, the cat is like the star witness and they're like, oh, tell us, tell them what they did. And the cat's just going,
1: meow, meow.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I like that. I, I like,
1: I was like, oh, God. Um, oh, yeah, so the cat gets brought as a witness. Everyone finds him guilty. Their punishment is they get banished for 100 years. The queen makes a storm come after they get pushed off a cliff. I don't so get they... that.
0: You've banished them, so let them be banished. You don't have to, like, try and... It's like, you know, in the bit in The Lion King where they're like to Simba, like, oh, run away Simba, and never come back. And he's just... And then he's
1: like to the hyenas, Kill him.
0: Now, like, why do you want to go and do that?
1: Well, he manages to get away in the end, and he comes back and defeats Scar. Spoiler alert. Um, so, so they go back to the village where they cause mischief, and they 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 go and live in the belfry. Which is like, hence the belfry witches, right? So, um, so they they're in the bell tower, and um, the queen summons the broomsticks back to her, and that was like the end of the first episode, I think, and that was like the you know, first episode done. Oof, like the 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 bit where they're in witches' island. I hated it it was awful like the set was crap the acting was crap um like it was dark and the dialogue was crap and I was like this is just so boring like the bit where they were flying around the village was okay and the bit where they're like, interacting with like normal places was okay but the bit where in the set it looked total rubbish and I was like oh man like, I can't believe this is like th- this got a Um, oh it didn't last long did it it got axed after two seasons I mean I was expecting like um, Chuckle Brothers to come out and start like doing a game show in it the set was that bad you know (laughs) I mean look it was all those things
0: that you're saying it kind of made me like it it was just one of those like a mishmash just yeah let's just do a show about witches hopefully we'll get this uh, up and coming band to um, sing the theme song for us and let's just see how it goes. And I thought it was, like I said, it was very wacky. It was very goofy. I'm not going to pretend it was as, as slick and as uh, as uh, polished as The Worst Witch was. But I kind of liked that it was a, a mishmash.
1: Yeah. I mean, I went straight on to episode two then. Like, try and give it a, a, a chance. So... Um, the bell, they wake up, the bells are ringing in the Belfry, Sunday service, uh, and a woman's baked triple chocolate brownies that looked amazing, and the little boy in church has got a pea shoot that little Chris Tucker boy, and he's like shooting a woman, with, and this woman turns around, and she goes, you're a horrible little boy. I was like, even though he is, that's still a bit harsh. Um, and also, what's he doing with a pea shooter in church? So... When Harold gets up to do the sermon, he's like, "Dearly beloved, we're gathered here today to witness the wedding." And then the younger uh, vicar's like, "No, no, no, this is not. That's not the right one." He's like, "Okay, we're here to for the funeral, such and such." He's like, "No, that's not the right one either." So he's kind of like, um, "He he he gets up to t- deliver the sermon, but he doesn't know even know what he's delivering the sermon for." And then the church people are singing in their thing. Old noshy doesn't like it; she hates it. And then they find a trap trap door. To get out, skirty mum can walk through doors. She's like, doesn't matter. But oh no, she can't do it. And then she finds a trap door. They get out, and they think the church service is a trial. Uh, the witches are causing mischief, and little Christopher the rat bag, is getting the blame for everything that they're doing. The witches go are playing on the belfry ropes, and the vicar's like, um, they're so they're, they're playing on the they're playing on the the bell ropes, and they're ringing the bells basically. And the vicar goes up to see what's going on, and. They're eating bats as well. Um and he's like, What the hell are you doing? And I was just wrote a note here that bats are endangered. So you probably shouldn't do that. Um and uh Vicky lets him stay there for a few nights. He even brings him some clothes. Christopher goes to see what's going on and he stops him and says, um uh he he sends him away basically, um, so he doesn't think. The um old meanie woman, baggy woman, has uh, said um she says to um uh, Harold that you have to eat healthy. He's like, lifts up a cloth. He's got like some uh, lettuce only for his lunch, and then um, what's the what's the young vicar's name? I keep saying the young Ben. People. So Ben says like, "Hey, listen, don't worry because someone baked some brownies and they're in the church." And it turns out that um she's found them and she's like, "Oh, you can't have these," and starts eating them herself. Um, so they go off and they go to the post office, which isn't open because it's a Sunday, and they go in um then she makes a door vanish away but um gay Mum's already walked through the door they they pick up the brooms from the shop like a convenience store kind of thing um and then the policeman comes and also meanwhile christopher's watching them and he like he kind of goes into the, the shop as well they leave the shop and then the policeman comes and sees only christopher there um so he's in trouble again for what they've done uh episode three so uh, it continues, the crime scene's there and the meanie bag woman was quite funny because all, all the people of the village are like, watching, Brandy. he's like, oh, go home. There's nothing to see. She's like, go home. Like, well, have you got nothing better to do this and that and the other? And then she goes in and asks what's going on and she's like, oh, it's not your business kind of thing. And she goes, I've got a civic right to know what's going on. So she's just as nosy as everyone else, but she's just a bit more forceful about it. Um, uh, Vicky, vicar goes to, there's so a bend of young vicar, goes to tell the witches off because they're a thing old, and starts crying for some reason. And the bells are going off. You hear about bell- church bells. I was like, but they're in the belfry, so they wouldn't be going off unless there's another church nearby, I guess. Um, the witches can't get their brooms to like behave themselves, they're casting spells on the brooms to try and make them be- behave themselves. And all the brushes in the um village are going crazy, so like the hairbrushes are going crazy, the broomsticks are going crazy, um, and eventually they make them like behave themselves. And they're writing a postcard to Mrs. Um, Abercrombie saying, oh, we're actually enjoying ourselves here. Thanks very much for banishing us, kind of thing. Um, and that's all I watched of that episode. There's probably a lot more to it. but
0: Okay, so I watched episode 5 and it starts with uh, Mrs. Bagmele trying to kill all the bats in the Belfry. And yeah, so it, at this point, it's obviously it's clear that everybody knows about Skirty and Noshi, like Ben He's asking Chris if anybody else knows, and he goes, "I think it's just me, you, and Harold." And they obviously thinking, "Oh, Miss Bagmelee going to find out about them." And so I think Skirty like shrinks her, and they put her inside a, a jar. And so the witches are struggling for food because there's no, there's no bats because I think she manages to get rid of them. And they find out that there's a talent show in the village, but. Um, Ben, Chris was telling like the Skirty and, and Nosh that they might not be able to enter because Ben won't let them. It's uh, Ben's birthday and they want to try and get him a present. Polly gets him this big jumper that he can't really fit in, but he's wearing it anyway. I think it's obviously clear that Polly has a a, a liking to Ben. She uh, She's uh, infatuated with the the young vicar and the girls as present want to take ben to witch island and yeah so basically ben is off on his motorbike and he's going somewhere and then he could see like skirty and noshi with him and they're like you know what we're going to take you to witch island and they're basically having fun they're having a picnic and they've been seen and purple stockings are chasing after them and they somehow managed to get away But then Detty, who was the uh, assistant to the Queen Apogromby, was like, if you ever come back to Witch Island, I promise you it's the last thing you will do. And the the Skirty and Noshi were saying, oh, our our spells don't even last that long anyway, because they left uh, Mrs. Bagmele with uh, Harold, and Harold's just basically keeping her in a jar, and he goes, oh, okay, I'll look after you until the girls come back, and and whatnot, and uh, they're left alone with Harold, and they get um, worried, and then Mrs. Bagmili turns back to normal. And then I watched episode 8, which was Thanks for Nothing Day. and So it's basically celebrating the day that Witch island was free from evil wizards. Chris comes to the Belfry to visit, and the girls are expecting a present. They get each other a present, which was radio and batteries. You put it together, and you get music! And then Mrs. Bagmili, she's, I think a lot has happened since uh, since uh, episode eight. And she wants revenge for about something or the other. And and obviously the, the girls want to try, and Skirty and Noshi want to get something from the shop. And the police officers come to the shop and he's like, yeah, there's loud noise coming out of the radio and I want that turned off. And obviously, I think the police officer knows about Skirty and Noshi and he goes, basically, look, I don't want no more magic around here. And the music gets turned off and that's because there's a black cat there and she just basically tips over the radio. And Ben is telling them that he saw a black cat and Skirty and Noshi are getting nervous that it might be from which island. And Jimmy was like, I'll get you guys a drink if you can let me go on your broom. And then, yeah, so the Queen is trying to fix the transmission on the, uh, on the radio, via the radio, to see what they're up to. And the Queen is basically ordering Detty to go to the village to try and stop the girls. And, yeah, Mrs. Bagmele, she's still trying to plot revenge about something. And Chris offers his walkman to the witches, and they enjoy it very much. And Deti comes to the village and she sees Mrs. Bagmele, and they want to take down Skirty and Noshi and that's how that episode ends. And then I went to the last episode, which was episode 13 and Skirty, Noshi and Chris, they're basically coming back from Witch Island. Detty is in disguise in order to infiltrate the village and Mrs. Bagmele wants to take over and taken over by making the residents sign over the lease of their house so that they can turn it into some kind of a beach town kind of thing and Jimmy the little boy is basically helping out with their plan and they all think it's a, a competition that they're entering and they have to put all of their money in some kind of trust fund and they all get to go to America and Ben and Harold are having a talk about this and Harold's saying oh look this competition is going to be a great idea we get to go to America and you know this you know beach thing is going to bring you know more money and more people to the village and yeah Polly's getting worried about all the changes and she sees Chris for the first time she's coming back from Witch Island and yeah so the girls and Chris are spying on Mrs Bagmelee and Jimmy and obviously she wants all the forms to be signed so that they have to you know sign the deed and leave town and yeah, so Detty doesn't want to work with Mrs. Bagmele anymore because she's like, you're just a bossy old lady and whatnot. And then Ben goes to see Ted about the competition. Ted's like this farmer, like just a common farmer, whatever. But he refuses and he doesn't trust the idea of the trust fund and where the money goes. But then, And then, you know, Ben is kind of convincing him about it. And so Jimmy and Detty are coming to the community center with all the forms. And the police officer trying to talk to Jimmy because he's like, son, what are you doing? You know, you're a good kid at heart. And so Skirty and Noshi crashed the meeting. And yeah, so they kind of turn Detty back to a witch because they're like, look, she's a witch. And everyone goes, what are you talking about? She's a witch. She's not a witch. And the early two witches are, you know, you two, old Noshi and Skirty, mom. And they're like, no, 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 she's a witch. She's a witch. And then turn her back. And they kind of realized that they have signed all the, like, their lives away on the forms. And Mrs. Bagmeal is like, Who says the bad guy doesn't win? Ha 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 ha. ha. I'm just going to walk away with all these forms. But, um, I think the girls managed to change the forms around a little bit so they don't sign up their homes. And yeah, so the girls are flying around with Jimmy and Chris. And Jimmy's like, You know what? Maybe I'm going to be good. Being good is, uh, it's the right thing to do, and um yeah, that, that's how the episode ends. I mean, for the sake of for the sake of formality and order and the integrity of the podcast, let's choose our favorite shows out of the two. Do
1: you know I think without the Netflix version of The Worst Witch, I think it was very, very close. Um, um but you know, I enjoyed the Netflix one, so I'm gonna go with The Worst Witch. Like they weren't they weren't much better than each other in terms of like entertainment value for the old, older, older ones. Um, the the first episode of the Belfry Witches was incredibly difficult, um, but yeah, for me, the worst witch I think just pipped it, just pipped it at the post.
0: Oh, that's very. Uh, uh, what was I can say. say? Um, I'm obviously going to go with the Belfry Witches. I thought that show was really, really good. I thought. It was wacky. It was very goofy and 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 fun. And yeah, I just thought it was one of those where I kind of liked that about there. I thought it was very endearing in that um in that in in that in that sense. So um yeah, I'm going to obviously go with the Buffalo Witches. And yeah, that'll be a good place to uh bring it to an end. Of course, many thanks to uh Nabs who joined us. I should have asked her about her um, socials, but I can kind of tell you. You can follow her on Twitter at nabzpat, all one word, N-A-B-Z-P-A-T. You can also follow her alter ego, Auntie Shagufta, on at official auntie underscore S. And you can also follow her on Instagram at nabz underscore pat. And yes, yeah, she, she's got all of her stuff on, uh, on YouTube as well. So you can check out all of that stuff. It's all very funny. It's all very hilarious. And, you know, definitely go and check that out. As for Yesterday's Capers, we're available wherever you get your podcast from. So wherever you are around the world, please give us a listen. Please give us a shout. Subscribe. Do all of those things that you're already doing. And we definitely appreciate each and every one of you. And, yeah, you can find us on the socials at Instagram. It's Yesterday's Capers 1. We're on Twitter at Yesterday Capers. We're on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash yesterday's capers. You can find me on the socials at Abdullah underscore molim on Instagram. You can find me on Twitter at Abdullah Merlim, all one word. Give me a holler. Give me a shout. And uh, join us next week for another episode of yesterday's capers.